We open on G.I. Joe playing with a new toy, so undoubtedly Cobra will be lurking nearby because Cobra inevitably comes running to these things like a dog to a can opener. The toy in question is a space shuttle, which I guess belongs to the army? Or I was never exactly clear which department actually controlled G.I. Joe, come to think of it. They're an anti-terrorism organization, so it was probably whatever the 80s equivalent of Homeland Security was. I'd be fine with Homeland Security having spaceships, because freedom. Naturally, Cobra shows up to ruin things, I feel like I just covered this, and they do so by shooting a bunch of ropes into the air that magically weave themselves into a net that catches the ascending rocket. But apparently the Joes were prepared for this because a little door in the rocket opens up and yo Joe! And then, via the magic of split-screen editing, we discover the weakness of Tomax and Zaymot, the two Cobra guys we were literally introduced to ten seconds ago. Punch one and the other feels it. That does not feel like a superpower. That feels like a serious, possibly crippling liability. Definitely not a thing I'd want to advertise to my enemy at any rate. The battle rages on, and eventually the Joes chase the Cobras into the river, and into the waiting hands of their giant underwater robots. Well, obviously. Flint puts together a pursuit team consisting of Shipwreck, sure, the sailor, right, and Snake Eyes, the ninja, who doesn't talk. And he brings his pet wolf along on all his missions. Sure, I can see how he'd be useful in an underwater operation, I guess. Cobra Commander and the Crimson Twins, yes, they're called the Crimson Twins, apparently, return to base and send the water robots after the pursuing Joes. Really? Water robots was the best you could come up with? Well, I mean, I guess they never had a toy, so why bother, right? The water robots suck in a bunch of the underwater plane things through their creepy eye drains, then fire them back out of the water where they explode on impact with the shore. Thankfully, everyone parachutes out in time because all submersible vehicles come equipped with parachutes. Safety first! Meanwhile, Flint and Lady J can't figure out that Destro opened a giant-ass door in the side of a building and flew his plane into it because they're apparently not the sharpest tacks in the G.I. Joe junk drawer. Exposition time! My scheme was even more brilliant than usual! The attack on the space shuttle was merely a diversion to mask our true purpose, the secret planting of a special cargo. Replay the tape. There, this part. G.I. Joe forces were so involved with the firefight that they never felt the addition of my special cargo pod! Magnificent! <laughs> on board the space shuttle, the three... army guys are already catching on to the fact that something is up. And while they do eventually go and investigate, they really don't seem all that concerned with the fact that an unauthorized cargo container is on their spaceship. Nor do they notice that one of them is actually Zartan in disguise. Nor do they notice the three dreadnoughts he's hiding in the compartment that they don't even bother investigating. I'm pretty sure the Joes sent their stupidest guys into space, like the B-Arc from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Team Spaceman opens the container that they do decide warrants their attention, and out wander, um... Hmm. Some kind of cuddly alien something or other. Several of them. Now, I mean, I might personally react with something like awe, or maybe even panic, that our spaceship has unidentified aliens in it, but Scarlet just hugs one because she's a girl and girls like to hug stuff. Fortunately, like all gifts, these things come with a card. These adorable creatures are called Fatal Fluffies. I'm sure you will enjoy their deadly secret. Sincerely yours, the Cobra Commander. So many questions! I suppose first I'll go with why didn't he read what was actually written on the card? The rest can wait. 
So Zartan unmasks and blows a whistle, and the three or four cute little creatures suddenly turn into like 30 giant fire-breathing minotaurs. And if you follow me on Twitter, you now understand the origin of this tweet. Meanwhile, Shipwreck and Snake Eyes infiltrate the Cobra Underwater HQ with their pets. Don't worry though, Shipwreck covers his parrot's beak while they swim underwater. They see some kind of secret subway system and decide to investigate. Try not to attract attention. Sure, who'd notice a wet sailor with a parrot and a silent masked man with a timber wolf? Well, points for self-awareness, I suppose. Thankfully, the requisite two guys wearing guard uniforms exactly their size walk by, and bada-bing, bada-boom, they're safely aboard a subway train. Where bada-bing, bada-boom equals possibly killing two guys and stripping them naked. For some reason, we just sort of gloss over that part. Then Zartan calls G.I. Joe headquarters from the space station, giving him the coordinates of G.I. Joe headquarters, which I don't think were a secret in the first place, and allowing him to fire the giant space laser that G.I. Joe apparently has. Now it's exposition time again as Cobra Commander hips us to his new plan, which is apparently even bigger than invading a spaceship with giant monsters and blowing up their enemy's base from orbit. No, his real plan is to build a pyramid of darkness using cubes located at the four corners of the Earth. Uh, he knows the Earth is a sphere, right? Anyway, this pyramid will kill all electricity inside of it, which is pretty scary for what appears to be the Northern Hemisphere. Seems to me there are still quite a few countries that wouldn't be affected by the thing, though. Back in the underwater subway thing, Shipwreck and Snake Eyes are blocked from further snooping by some kind of duck robot who summons jail bars and buzzsaws in the floor. Is this the end of Beardo and Maskface? Find out next time!